Good morning. It's July 31st. It is a clear and not too sweltering morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news today, once again accompanied by special guest host, Dominic Skoka Ho. Hi, I'm the special guest host. So, first of all, Elon Musk put a giant and incredibly janky X sign on top of the Twitter building from which he had failed to remove the Twitter sign because he tried to do that without a permit and got stopped in the middle of the job. And now it's also being held down by sandbags, and he is blocking inspectors, official ones, from looking at his sign and deciding whether it's stable or not. Right. It looks terrible. It's like got weird perforated steel girders holding it up from behind. Ew, it's disgusting. And the landlord specifically says they had a rule against putting signs on the roof of the building. Also, just in general, you're not allowed to put a big mess of girders and stuff on top of a building without a building permit. So the question is, as usual with Elon Musk, what's anyone going to do about it before this thing falls and lands on somebody's head? Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's probably just going to get himself in trouble. It's going to be like Twitter again. Everyone's going to be like, this is illegal and you shouldn't be doing this. And it's bad and crappily made and it's going to fall on someone. So I feel like he's just going to get himself in a giant mess that he could have easily avoided. But what are they going to do? Charge him a million dollars? Maybe more than that. I mean, maybe. I, I think there's a limit on how much building inspectors can charge people. Okay. I think, once again, there's just sort of like a fundamental mismatch between the tools people have to enforce the rules and Elon Musk's combination of unbelievable amounts of money and complete willingness to be a jackass. Right. But also, I feel like a problem that's kind of weird here is usually these people are like stocking up money for the resources for the mess that they're creating anyway. Like they're getting more money so they can survive the mess that they themselves are creating. But it seems like in this, he's just wasting all this stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, he spent $44 billion to buy Twitter and now he's taken the name off Twitter even. Right. So, it's hard to see how the building inspector can do more damage to him than he's done to himself. And it's also hard to see how anyone can make him care. In other news about people who learn to ignore the consequences of anything that they do, the New York Times is reporting on the front page that they have done the first Times Siena poll of the Republican presidential field in 2024. Donald Trump leads Ron DeSantis 54% to 17%. He is the runaway favorite to win the nomination and already has an absolute majority of support against a fractured and unimpressive field of would-be challengers. Trump, the story reports, led by wide margins among men and women, younger and older voters, moderates and conservatives, those who went to college and those who didn't, and in cities, suburbs, and rural areas. We live in unpredictable times, but... It looks like we can replace Trump will be the nominee unless he goes to prison or dies with Trump will be the nominee unless he dies. 
Anyway, uh, next we have a story about teenagers' accidents expose the risks of e-bikes. Now, this story is kind of interesting because it's actually not about the dangers of e-bikes. I didn't know if you could tell that or not. But it's not actually about that. It's about teenagers in California getting hit by trucks while on their e-bikes. Right. The opening anecdote is about somebody who was riding his e-bike home from shot-putting practice on a road that had a 55-mile-per-hour limit, and he was hit by a Nissan van while turning left. There are, unfortunately, two different issues coming together, and the story does a very poor job of untangling them. One is that, yes, there are e-bikes that are basically electric motorcycles that go too fast. People can jailbreak them and cut the speed governors. And this class of super-fast and often heavy unregulated mopeds or motorcycles is a problem, but it's a totally separate problem from the problem of the fact that e-bikes help people get around in ways that they couldn't before, but where they're trying to get around is still made up of deadly roads full of cars and trucks that are too big and being driven too fast and are facing no real limits on how they engage with smaller and more vulnerable bicycles and people in the world around them. Also, it does make a point about how the e-bikes are actually not like, it says modest regulation, and typically e-bikes like basically a motorcycle, but it's not saying it's a motorcycle. So it runs like a motorcycle and is fully electric and is has a wider audience for people who want to get an e-bike. But fundamentally, it's pretty much just a motorcycle and just as dangerous as one. Well, some of them are and some of them aren't. And the thing is that the marketing and regulation of them doesn't really distinguish between the ones that are just like a slightly heavier bicycle that helps you pedal along and something that's roaring along at 50 miles an hour. As you can see out on Central Park West at any time. (laughs) That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And we will talk again tomorrow. Yep. Goodbye.